Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. So today's episode, we got a very special guest, my great childhood friend, Shane Hunter. Shane, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. How's everything going, man? Of course, bro. Everything's good, man. How are you, man? Good, good. I'm super happy that, you know, you took the time to speak with us, especially, you know, you're kind of like uh, far out there in your entrepreneur journey. So I did want to ask, how's living in Spain? Uh, It's been great, bro. Just trying to experience as much as I can. They have a lot of events here. They love to like party and, and host all kind of festivities here, bro. Like it's wild. There's not like a dull moment here for sure. Like every day they have something planned out, like event wise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember one time uh, we're, we talked and uh, you said you, you dropped off your son at daycare on a Tuesday morning, right? And there was like a party. Dang. I don't, I don't remember that specifically. Oh, yeah. But I remember you're like, it's 10 a.m. I hear all this noise. I drop off my son. And I'm like, what's that? And then you stop by. And it's like all people dressed up going into some club or something. Yeah, I remember I remember what you're talking about now. Like where they were having like that party at was so far from here. Like everybody was complaining, like, what is that noise? And it was a concert <laughs> that was going on for like a few days. <laughs> It was like three or four days. Yeah, dang. Well, it music. Yeah, that sounds like a unique experience where people are like uh, living in the moment, right? Definitely. And it, that was summertime too. So a lot of people come here for the summer. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and what you do right now? All right, I'm Shane Hunter, like Walter said. Um, I run Hunter Supply, um, which is a production company. Um, We do video, we do photography, um, we design. Uh, We're just uh, all around creative, which is, you know, what I've been doing all my life. Just focusing on creating and monetizing that. So that's pretty much what I've done. I've taken like all my uh gifts if you can say that gifts and um interest and merge that into um a business and uh try to run that business like a uh you know a corporation you know what i mean um so that's pretty much the gist of it but you know i'm just a talented dude trying to create inspire people you know what i mean just move forward yeah yeah Hey, so like when you were younger, did you kind of get an indication that you'd be doing this right now or some form of this? Because I remember growing up, you know, uh, you, you always did your own thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, you, you just followed your own path. Yeah, man, I always I first of all, I just never wanted to be in a crowd, bro, like it. I don't like that feeling, you know, if you're not, 
in the head of that crowd, you're following the crowd. And I never want to follow any group or, you know what I mean? I assess life on my own. And I've been doing that since I was a little kid, just going off of what my eye sees, not listening to someone else to say, yo, let's go do this. Like, you know, but hey, man. What do I say about it, honestly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, how did you exactly decide that you're going to venture off on your own? So you knew that you weren't going to follow the crowd. Like, how did you know, like, did you know early on, you're like, I'm not working for anybody else except for myself? I think that mindset really came from um, working with my dad, bro. Um, So I was working with my dad since I was maybe about, six years old because by the time I was eight, I was definitely doing like labor with my dad. You know what I mean? So, and it it didn't start there. So I'd say like at the age of six, I was, I was literally working in houses with my dad and what we'd be doing is like um, laying down uh, different types of flooring. So my dad would do like laminate floors. He would do like carpet, and, uh, you know, he had a lot of business. He, he never worked for anyone. He, he clocked in on his, on his own time, you know, and the whole city knew him. So he got a lot of business and I was always with him. Like when I could, I'd, I'd always be like trying to, you know, just be next to his side. But, uh, that business acumen really came from, from that bro. Just seeing that my dad was just there grinding. You know what I mean? He did many things in his time. Like I, to this day, well, actually, he just recently started working for somebody. So, you know, but most of his life, he's been working for himself, bro. You know what I mean? So, seeing that, that's admirable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, did did he ever say, "Hey, son, do your own thing, like work for yourself," or you just saw that and and naturally went that way? No, nah, I just peeped that for real. I just peeped that. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. He, he didn't. He didn't try to. My dad was more like he would ask me what I want to do. He wouldn't tell me like you got to do this and you got to. You know what I mean? He would ask me what what I like and what I wanted to do type shit. You know. But can I? My bad. That's. No, no, all good, man. It, it whatever you want to say. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, once you did decide to go off on your own, how did you go about making it happen? You know, like the logistical piece of like um, how you're going to set up your business, how you're going to make money um, and what specific um, services did you say that, hey, I'm going to go for this? Hmm. Okay, so honestly, I just always been like selling things like from a very young age, just always just selling something. You know what I mean? Probably started more in like middle school. But if you think about it, we all went to, if we went to med- uh, elementary school in America, you know, us and the listeners, um, we remember them giving us candy and we'd have to go sell it or they'll give us a booklet of things 
and we'd have to go out there and sell it to anybody that would listen to us. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of like made us little hustlers if we were peeping it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Some people would just like get the papers of the booklets and just like put them down and never look at them again. Like, you know what I'm saying? After a while, that that was me because I don't know. I, I started selling my own candy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Forget the school candy. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. selling my own candy. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have a backpack full of candy, bro. Bringing that to school. Me, me and um, uh, Courtney used to walk to them Publix, just bag a whole bunch of candy, bro. Go back to school. All day we got them, you feel me? The the caramel apples yeah. suckers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. It started from there. And then by the time I got older, like I was still selling things that turned into selling sneakers. You know what I mean? I did that for a very long time. Like even in middle school, I was tapping in on the on the internet and getting shoes from different countries and flipping those after I got tired of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It just, it just became something that, uh, I had to keep doing if I'm making money on my own, uh, you know, in those times I had a job as well. I always had a job still, but I always had something else that I was selling on the side. You know, I just kept it going and that was sneakers for me. It was sneakers, you know? So, yeah, it, it just continually graduated into selling something else. Um, but uh, I just had a I had a, a a turning point in my life where I started to look at um, my past, you know, my interest specifically in in my mm -hmm. past, and um, I started to realize the certain the things that I naturally gravitated towards as a kid which was like cars, art. I noticed that um, I always was the one to take the pictures of my family. <laughs> you know, mm. anytime, anytime my family had to take a, a, like a family photo, I would have to figure the camera out because I was always into electronics. So I'd, I'd know all the little electronics because while you weren't messing with them, I was there messing with them joints, trying to figure them out. So I knew how to work the cameras. So I was always the one. And then, my aunt would say, you you take good photos, you know what I mean? So she would have me do it. So by the time I reached high school, and like I said, I'm selling the sneakers, I realized that um, a more attractive photo will sell a product better because at these times I was selling stuff on eBay. I was still selling stuff on like internet forums. And yeah meeting up with people at different um, sneaker gatherings and selling shoes to them that way, you know, but that's, that's advertising. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah. The simple fact that I had correlated why people are buying things. This, this is at the time where like the internet is still new, bro. Everybody's figuring it out. You know what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. did a different method to try to create whatever they wanted whether it be a uh, community, which is the forums, or, you know, you got your website where you're selling stuff. One of the first websites that really, like, uh, captured my eyes and really influenced me was uh, Fatlace, fatlace.com. 
I was so young, so young when I discovered that website, bro. Nothing had popped off um, on the internet really like that. But Fat Lace, they kept it going. They turned into a huge brand, turned into like Illist, started doing crazy stuff with cars. It had to yeah. do with So, yeah, um, that influenced me. So I got to see like a dope what attracted me to them was their their um imagery okay how they displayed their website walter i'm talking about like the early days of the internet like people are not on the internet doing nothing like i'm on the internet like finding all kinds of stuff bro like it's crazy but I stumbled into Fat Lace. And if you look up Fat Lace for yourself, you'll see how big of a brand they've turned into. Um, a Mark, he's like this dope dude in, in the industry that I'm in. You know what I'm saying? He does um, uh, apparel, which is how he kind of started. You know what I'm saying? And then it turned into, I mean, he merged his passion for cars. You, you see what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to put together like the influence of how I actually became who I am. You know what I'm saying? Because I started out doing the same things unconsciously. I just, I knew it could be done, so I actually got to work and and did it. If I had an idea, I wouldn't just let the idea die out. I would actually create whatever that idea was. You know, and um. In my military days, when I was about 19, 20, um, I had a, a few websites already. I was working on like, uh, I actually had like a, a, a blog style website where I'm posting different pictures of cars and taking pictures of cars, actually going out and finding local people in like uh, Seattle where I was and uh putting their pictures of their cars on my website so you know that was that was a fail right there you know what i'm saying so it it, it was it had views but if we're looking at social media today it was not doing anything you know what i'm saying if you, mm. if you had there so you know that was like the first couple ventures i had i i did i did a couple of those different websites bro i've been through like for those type of websites where you know i've recreated it and and rebranded myself um but i just kept going bro i just kept going what were some of the biggest lessons learned from those experiences those websites that really didn't take off like you wanted from the early ones i can't say that i learned much like in a business uh, point of view, but what I did learn is how to do those things. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I created two websites, the third one is that much easier and it's more streamlined because I've learned how to do those things, setting up the the um, CSS, if you're doing that, and the HTML. Um, and those are things that I learned from just simply using MySpace. Remember MySpace? Oh, yeah, yeah. I had Tom, one friend. <laughs> <laughs> one friend, yeah. Nah, MySpace was lit because if you wanted a dope page, 
you actually had to go in and learn that coding or nothing was going to happen, bro. Like, you know, nowadays you could just hire somebody to code a website for you. But we literally had, if you wanted to partake in my space, you had to do it yourself. You had to type in all of them codes yourself. My my page was lit, bro. I had music. Like every now and then, I switched the music up. People people were on. My, I think my MySpace was probably my most like popping. Like you know, I mean, my Instagram is eh, slightly popping, but uh, my my MySpace people love that joint. Like while I was in boot camp in the military, <clears throat> people were printing out my MySpace page because remember you had the comment wall. Yeah. So um Sylvia was it Sylvia? Yeah, Sylvia actually printed out my uh MySpace page of comments. She printed out the whole page, but she she sent that to me in boot camp and I was like, yo, that's dope, bro. People leaving me messages saying, yo, Shane, we miss you, bro. Good luck in boot camp and military, this and that. That was ill. But um MySpace kind of forced you to, to learn coding and that's how I was able to do the other websites. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then when you're, so uh, you knew that that term was used coding and you just like were messing around and how, how'd you know to like uh, write what you did? Um, I would say I would probably have asked Jeeves. <laughs> oh, I remember. Yeah, that does that ex- still exist? I think I doubt it, bro. I doubt it. Oh, uh, yeah. It was either Ask Jeeves or um, Google was was actually around and I was using Google back then. So yeah. you can Google. Stuff. What about Yahoo? Did you use Yahoo? Oh, what? Of course. Uh, Yahoo. Yeah. Cool. Every day, bro. Every oh, day. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody could call the house. Do not call the house, bro. I'm playing Yahoo. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's when they had dial up right and if yeah. you're on the internet phone calls yeah. wouldn't go through and Facts. uh yeah and yeah. i remember you'd show me how, how you played yahoo pool and you would actually use an index card to yes sometimes on the I, harsh i had nah. <laughs> i'd be like no there's no way i'm losing this one give me that index card and i remember you showed me your your position in it i was like dang that's really cool man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Not, I, I used to actually do um, tournaments like real. T- they had like a whole web going on, bro. I met a lot of people on there, bro. It would be crazy if I came across some of these people like and we didn't even know it. But we had actual pool leagues and I was in uh, we would we would play. We would have like a whole structure of people, bro, like maybe 10 people in this league and we would play other leagues like it was crazy. But um, I played Yahoo pool a lot, took it real serious. That's how I was able to do what I could do on the pool table. You know what I mean? Because I yeah. figured out the geometry of it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's almost like you're priming mentally, you're priming yourself to it, you know? So because you played all those times. I remember, obviously, you were a better pool player than I was. And nah. I was, no, no. But I remember, like, and it makes sense now that you're talking about this you going over the simulation of it um, almost took away because you were never you were always like a composed guy. Right. The moment was never too big. But I, I kind of come to think about 
the you playing pool online would be like, yeah, you're getting that mental stimulation of like, hey, I've been this, I've been through this before. It's no big deal. I already know what to do, right? Would you agree? Yeah. And I was just practicing to to beat people in real life <laughs> because once you realize the table has a geometry, you just have to put the, the ball on those specific points of the table to put them wherever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once you learn, once you learn how to English, which is spin the cue ball, you could you're having people look at you crazy like why why the ball do that like you know yeah yeah so um that yahoo pool was super duper accurate mm. it was very accurate so especially with the english so i learned a lot bro yeah so but would you would you create those tournaments yourself like you'd organize it I wouldn't. They already had people that were like, you know, head of clubs and stuff. So I just joined a few of them. I've been through a few different ones, but uh, it was cool, man. Like we should really still have that. We should really still have that out there. Like I can't even um, exaggerate the experience to make you guys understand like how cool it really was because it would sound like gibberish if I had to explain it. Uh, but it, for anybody that's old enough that remembers like logging onto Yahoo and then there being like a whole list of things you can get into, um, they had like chat rooms and stuff like that. So yeah, you, you know, the chat in the chat rooms you could you could play somebody in pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Hey, but re remind me, like, because you'd be playing against another person, right? And the computer will indicate, hey, you're up, right? So uh, yeah, would there be yeah. times where, like, you'd space out, do something else, and, like, uh, somebody would message you, like, hurry up. It's your t your time to shoot. Oh, yeah, plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of times. And then you could, like, put little messages. You write uh, messages in there. It's yeah. Crazy. Oh, man, yeah, that – that brings back memories, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always remember that index card trick you showed me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but to 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 go back on, um, you know, when you created MySpace page, and things were, uh, you figured it out, and and the the four websites that didn't really take off. How were you able to, uh, fight through that feeling of like? You know how there's a lot of tendency when we don't get it on the first try, we're like, oh, man, I suck. I should do something else. H how did you keep at it without, you know, being quick on your or being too harsh on yourself where you say, you know what? I'll figure this out. I don't got to get it on the first or second or third try. Um, To be real, um. It just basically comes down to what I want in life. I'm very serious about what I want in life, what my, what, you know, the point in my life where I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I, I'm serious about getting to that point. You know what I mean? I always have been serious about that because, you know, my family comes from nothing. You know what I mean? I'm the first generation born in, in the United States. 
So I have a duty to set some type of foundation for the next ones. You know what I mean? So um, I take that role very serious, very serious, man. I, you know, I, I watch my, my grandmother and my mom, you know, my grandfather and my uncle and my aunts. I watched them come here as immigrants and, uh, you know, do things that, you know, we as Americans probably aren't willing to do right now. Like it's, it's beneath us, you know what I mean? For bread, just to, just to feed me and my sister and, you know what I'm saying? My cousins and those things. So, you know, I just have to be one of the ones to be like, yo, we can go here. Like, we don't have to, we don't have to, we don't have to live like they want us to live, which is in a box, you know, just feeding the system. You know what I mean? We could still be a part of the system if, you know, we're making our own money, circulating our money amongst each other. We have, we have cool businesses too. Like Nike's dope. Adidas is dope. What if I'm the next Nike or, you know what I mean? And you don't want me to grow. Yeah. You know? There's a million of me. There's a million Nikes out there. We could, we can, we can all be like something great, but we all have to know what we want to be to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Or we're just wasting our lives. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, you know, that that's a, a great point because, you know, uh, I've always heard the term, there's a difference between you do something as a, as a hobby and you, you're committed to something. And, and I think for the most part, people don't come to ask themselves, hey, am I really serious? Am I really committed to this? So, you know, uh, the question we got to come to ask ourselves, even if we're not good at whatever we pursue in the beginning, there needs to be of like, how hungry am I for it, right? Just because I don't get it the first few times or I'm not making the progress that I want, does that mean I got to go find something I'm good at? You know, like you've taken it. You're a great example of that, of like, um, well, I'll get better at it, right? Facts, facts. That's that's the mindset that, that I try to have. Yeah, and obstacles there's always going to be obstacles <laughs> it's never going to be you know um unstressful until you start making huge strides you know at the beginning i'm talking about it's always going to be some type of learning curve that's going to stress you out or failures yeah you know? yeah and, and yeah we should be more willing to embrace adversity and failure because that's what makes us better it's an opportunity to an opportunity to strengthen us and not just say, oh, man, you know, I got to go find something easier. But, you know, I, I like what you mentioned uh, where you would self-reflect on what you liked when you were younger. And uh, you, you obviously lived your life not compromising, you know, and I think too many times people are willing to compromise to play it safe. You know, they're willing to... Uh, yeah go the traditional educational route, which isn't bad, right? Um, there's plenty of people who actually long for it, right? They, they may want to be a college professor, a teacher. But for those who are like, hey, man, I did like cars when I was younger, or 
uh, I, I did like cartoons and I wanted to be a cartoonist. You know, there's um, for those people, um, they might be more willing to compromise, take the safe route. And then they go through life thinking like, man, what if I would have done what I really wanted? You know what I mean? How, how yeah. were you how were you willing to stay true to yourself and not, you know, not compromise and, and take the safe route? Man, I I don't know. That's an easy one. I'm I'm just a real ass dude. Like you know what I mean. I just I I I never want to, or I can't. It's not that I would want to. I I can't fake. Like I, it's it's just weird. I've dealt with so many fake people, and it's like, why would you want to project that type of person to anyone? You know. So I always just been just real. I mean. That's what came to mind when when you asked me that question, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. I don't know if you remember. Uh, there was a running back by the name of Edron James. Oh come on! Right, and I Without remember. People, you know, I remember. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, uh, like you, you know, like you. Uh, um, there was uh, one particular game where they were calling, and they were raving about how great he was. And I think it was L. Michaels announcer. He says, you know what? I, I very much admire Edron James because he remains true to himself. He's actually declined at that time. He declined so many endorsements because you know how he had the dreads and the gold teeth. And he says, yeah, I'm not going to sell out for the money. He's like, yeah. and like what you said, right? Uh, I don't know anything other than to be myself, right? A hundred percent, bro. hundred percent. Yeah. I think that that really comes from my background, though. Honestly, that comes from my background. Um, you know, my dad, you know, I got my I got my traits from him, whether, you know, you believe in, in that or not. We get a lot of our traits and why we have certain mannerisms for from our, our parents. So um, my dad is is. He works for himself, you know what I mean? That yeah. type of thing. So I led with that type of mentality, but me being Jamaican, Jamaicans are, are rebels, you know? If you look back into the history, you know, where it's just in our blood, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to conform when you're Jamaican, unless it makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jamaican yeah. can't follow, can't follow people people that's fool you know what i mean smart jamaicans because there you do have some jamaicans that will do some stupidness and follow some next person and but anyways uh, you know generally speaking the epitome of my culture are people who don't bend for nobody but are are actually good people you know what i mean so that that part of how i am the way i am is probably a attributed to that you know and yeah the, the the people that i grew around are just mad strong people bro strong people you know so i grew up seeing them I, I i i don't really know any other way to be i never grew up around nobody that was like you know i don't want to use like street terms right now on the podcast you know but just yeah real people ne never like no I can't. There's no substitute for that word that that 
that I want to use, you know what I mean? But uh, they just been strong, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you point that out because, you know, I got to say my background is a little bit different in that um, I was taught to, like, behave and conform and listen to what you're told to. And it's kind of frustrating because I remember in the second grade, I'll always remember this, you know how in in uh, school, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's still done, but in elementary school, every morning uh, you stand up and you say the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Right? And I remember second grade vividly, I remember asking myself, why do we do this every day? You, you know, like I just had the natural. And and when I was younger, I think I I would naturally question my mom, but she'd be quick to, hey, you can't ask that. You know, <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was almost like it was a threat, right? You don't yeah. get you don't get those bad ideas in your head, right? And I think that in a way stifles us. You know, not you. You had a lot of strong influences in your life to allow you to be you. But I felt like for me, it was like, you know, uh, dang, I think I'm being stifled, you know. And then uh, I probably I probably understand why your your mom would be like that. Your mom's a really nice person. Um. I think from her point of view, it comes back to her being an immigrant. You know, she she's a good person trying to make it in this country where, you know, they aren't that friendly to they've never been friendly to immigrants in this country. You know what I mean? Mm. So your mom probably is coming from that point of view where she just wants her son to be like looked at as an American. You know what I mean? Whereas they 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 might not be looking at her or you know we don't know what your mom's experiences I, I don't know what your mom's experiences have been like in the United States but I, that's what I'm saying she she probably just like you know I don't want my son to go through any of this type of stuff so you know probably just be as American as you can be <laughs> like yeah but but know? it's 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 just frustrating because. I think all of us naturally have these questions uh, about, hey, uh, why do I go to a traditional school or why should I continue to go for a higher degree when it doesn't fit what I want? You know, like, I think that's a great thing what your dad did instead of telling you what to do. Hey, what do you want to do? You know, like we need to empower the young minds to like, Figure out what you want to do and take your time, right? There, there isn't this 12 steps on how to succeed in life because that's different for everybody, you know? And, and, and maybe for some people, it's almost like um, you need to mature a little bit before you start really experiencing some sort of, you know, a high level of success, right? Because it can be intoxicating, right? Um, but yeah, just... Uh, uh, only now I'm starting to come to terms of like, Walter, uh, like speak your mind, you, you know, because before it'd be like, uh, bro, everywhere I went to, I've caused a strife. And, 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 and that's because I've spoken my mind as of late. Um, and, and people too many times look at that as a bad thing. Right. Yeah. What made me actually be become that type of person is realizing that, yo, I'm surrounded by people that don't give a fuck anyways. Why are people talking to me however they want? And I'm not saying, man, 
look, bro, watch out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, I look, I just, I, bro, if you have a booger in your nose, I'm a, hey, you got a booger, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're doing them a favor, actually. Right. Like, I, I, I used to be very quiet and I still am. I'm just an observer, but, um, I, I'm very like I don't really I don't really take much from anything anyone you know what I mean you if we're in a in in an atmosphere where there's many people around me and you step on my shoes I'm gonna let you know like bro you you stepped on my shoes like <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah, oh, I, yeah. I'm saying like I've 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 like you like you just mentioned like I've become a more outspoken person as well like you said. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you were one of those friends that I always look to like, damn, you know, uh, you always symbolize just doing your own thing, be uh, and, and you don't need like teachers approval, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I know because like for, for me, uh, think about it. We're, we're always judged. Right. And, yeah. and especially like as as a young mind, we're really impressionable. So in my parents' eyes and in my teachers' eyes, I was always being judged on grades. And you know, for a long time, I always argued with my mom, like, you know, there's that's not the only telltale sign of how well I'm gonna do in life. And I told her, I said the school system is not meant for everybody. I mean, it's kind of cookie cutter. You regurgitate this type of information, whatever facts they want to give us. And then, you know, only as of late, I'm starting to say, Walter, you were right the whole time. You know, I didn't need to uh, follow uh, what was told to me because and I understand they have good intentions. Right. But I yeah. think they're going the safe route. I think most of them, most of them is just a paycheck. That's how I felt. After a while, their good intentions out the window. You dealing with people like me in the classroom, <laughs> you're like, yo, forget these kids. Like, you know, becomes that paycheck. So for me, um, because I was a reader, I've been a reader since a, like a jit, like very small, young, you know what I mean? Um, reading the dictionary. Reading the encyclopedia. Oh, the encyclopedia was my favorite thing in the world, bro. You know, because it was the dictionary on steroids. It gave it told you more about something than just what this word means, you know. So I, I got like addicted to the encyclopedia. Mm. Um, so I was, I was just a, a heavy reader. Yeah. Um, and through reading, would you get a lot of like epiphanies or I great ideas? Well, where I was going with, with that is that um the things that I was reading never really learned them in school. I never heard the teachers really talking about any of that type of stuff. So I felt like the stuff they were trying to teach me was like nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, only subjects that really um intrigued me were uh social studies geography um science was interesting any class that talked about animals to me were were interesting you know but like math i never saw how i would apply that um other than with money you know what i mean 
and they yeah. barely teach money in in school. You know, yeah. I, um, I honestly don't remember an economics class, but that is a class, isn't it? Did, did you take economics in middle yeah. school? Uh, I think um, in high school, I don't know what economics it was called, if it was just economics in general, but yeah. I remember more vividly in college taking micro and macro, and that was informative. Uh, the macro, obviously, is the big picture, right? Yeah. Like if the federal interest, if the Federal Reserve raises interest rate, how much does it impact the economy? We don't know. But don't like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, I, I, I kind of got into it, but when it came to microeconomics, I was like, oh man, this makes so much sense. You know, the law of supply and demand, right? Yeah. If there's a demand for it, uh, eventually, you know, you can supply those needs. And that, that was, that was really interesting, but I don't remember specifically in like middle school or high school, you know, probably in that age, we're like, I don't know where our heads at Dragon Ball Z and girls and and uh you know things like that hey uh what advice or words helped you along the way was there any like specific mantra or slogan or just um you know words that helped you along the way um off top one of the sayings that always repeats in my mind like when uh i'm going through something it's something one of my managers told me when I was working at Comcast uh, Cable. He said, uh, and this was totally work-related, had nothing to do with, like, life, really. You know what I mean? We were talking about my metrics and things that um, I was a, I was a, um, a, a house technician. Not just a home technician, but I'm the one that went into your house to set up your internet, your cable box, or whatever, phone whatever you know what i mean um so we were talking about some things that customers would do or say or things that happened on the job and he said shane don't worry about the things that you can't control in here in my office we're only going to talk about the things that you can control you know what i'm saying so that's one thing that actually replays over and over in my head when um i'm going through something uh, it could be anything, yo. If you if you're arguing with somebody, you know what I'm saying. I'm not. Yeah. I can't this person. It's, I'm not gonna let this person bother me. You know what I mean. That type mentality. So that's one thing off top um, that comes into play. Um, as you know, I I live my life throughout this journey right now. Yeah, you know that's so. I'm glad you mentioned that because those words are very important. Why I wish I, I was told this a lot sooner, but I didn't learn this until I, I like to watch rodeo every now and then. And one of the commentators, you know, a lot of their term is cowboy up. But uh, one time there was uh, one bull rider. I think they didn't give him a eight second score ride. So he goes to argue with the, the judges and the commentator says, you're wasting energy on things you can't control. Stop art, you know, and I was like blown away. And I wish I would have heard those types of words when I was much younger. Yeah. That that's out of my hands. I can't control what the judges yeah. say. Hey, but what I can control is my attitude, right? Or well, the next time then I'm gonna ensure I make a yeah. 10 second ride, right? 
No, you're right, though. I, I wish I heard those words a lot earlier, too. Like, I was already, like, in well into my 20s by then, 25, 26, maybe, when, you know, he said that to me. I was still doing my um, photography as a business on the side as well while I was working that job. So I could apply that then when he said it to me, you know. But um, prior to that, nah, I was probably a little bit confrontational sometimes when I could have just let it slide, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and especially when you're when you're having an argument. That would have been, Fine. yeah, a, a great time to remember that. Okay, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to try to convince you. I'm right. I got one question for you. Probably the only question I want to ask you in this whole thing. Have you ever been punched in the face? Squirt, like dead in the face. Have Has anybody ever straight up clocked you before? Uh, you have, but we're Maybe. playing. Yeah. Backyard football, but nah. it wasn't straight. It wasn't straight in the face. I don't know if you remember. It was at Tamarack Park. Kelvis, you and Sylvia were there. Uh, and it was a cold, it was like a cold December night on a Friday night. And I remember, uh, I remember, uh, That's crazy. you and I went to go tackle the guy. And as you're wrapping your arms oh, around oh. him, bam, right in the nose. And yeah. oh, no, no, uh, you caught a whiff of my nose and part of my eye. And I kept saying, I can't open my eye. Shane, you uh -huh. punched me. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> That was just part of the pro, you know, that was just part of uh, playing the game, right? Yeah. I, now that you say, like, we both went to tackle the dude, I remember that. But but I, I'm saying, like, has has somebody meant to punch you right in your face? Like, you know? No, no. I think I, there might be a correlation to how people move on this planet in in relation to that, bro. I, I really, I'm, I really think so, um, because when you do, it's a it's a wake up call. It's a fuck. It it's a wake up call to you, bro. It lets you know this world is not as nice as we're we're being. You know what I mean? So at that moment, you start to move differently. You know what I'm saying? That's how it happened for me anyways. Because you never know when somebody's going to hit you in your fucking face again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that makes you like, what's up? I'm, everybody can get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that happened for me very young, bro. I was in like maybe the third grade. Like when somebody clocked me in my straight up, you know what I mean? Yeah, what led Harry to that? A nice, a nice kid like walking around. Hey, everybody, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I got clocked, bro. Um, what led to that? I was in the third grade, and I I had just moved to this neighborhood. This was back in Jersey, and I had just moved to this neighborhood in Orange, um, where I, I grew up in Newark and Irvington which is even worse than orange, but um, Jersey's just that way, bro. But I moved to this neighborhood, started this new school. This was third grade. And me and my sister were walking home. And um, 
we're almost to my house, bro. My house is like at the end of the block and I'm on the on this block. Um, two kids from my school. I don't know nobody. I don't know nobody here, bro. The only reason I know these cats go to my school is because my school is right up the street and they're little kids. They got to be, you know what I mean, at my school. But I don't know this at that point. I just know there's two dudes chilling on the stoop, which is the staircase in front of a building up north. Um, and me and my sister get, you know, um, to where the stoop is and we're walking past and they threw something and hit her in the face. I didn't know what it was, but I think it hit me as well. And then um, my sister, you know, made some type of noise and was like, oh, what's that or whatever. And then they did it again. <laughs> At this time, it hit me. I think it was ice. All I know is it was a little hard and it was wet. I didn't I didn't see what they threw, but they hit my sister. They hit me. And then, um, you know, I didn't take that lightly, bro. I approached them. It was like, yo, what's going on? What did you just what did you just throw at us? Like, you know what I mean? And then, you know, there's two of them. One comes off of the step and walks to like towards the street. We're on the sidewalk and they walk towards the street. And I turn around and I start getting into it with him. Like we're going back and forth. And the kid from the, the steps jumps on my back and puts me in like a a, a, a chokehold and the other kid starts hitting me. <laughs> so oh, man. then out of nowhere, my mom pulls up. I swear to God, <laughs> pulls up right where we're at, comes out the car. It's like, you know, crazy Jamaican lady start cussing everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then um, all I know is there's a, there's a huge crowd, like, before my, my mom even got there. I failed to mention that. Like, there's a huge crowd of everybody at the school around us in the circle, like, the new kids, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here comes my mom. She busts through the circle. She grabs one of them. She asked me what's going on, and I told her. And then she she um, took one of the kids by both of his arms and pulled them back and told me to hit him. And I was like, <laughs> I was like just standing there for a second, like I'm looking at everybody, and my mom's like, hit him. <laughs> so I just so I just duff him, you know what I mean? But yeah, it hit me in my face, bro. Like <clears throat> once he jumped on once he jumped on my back from the stairs, I was just like swinging, trying to get him off. And the other dude, he hit me in my face. But that oh. was just a wake-up call to me, like, at that moment. Like, the world is not as nice as you think it is. You have to approach it um, offensive, not defensive. You, we got to be offensive out here. You know what I'm saying? We got to take what we want. We got to take it. You know what I'm saying? We can't be sitting back waiting for something to happen. You know what I mean? And as far as business is concerned, like, that comes down to you actually going out there and making the effort to reach out to people. Don't wait for people to reach out to you. You know what I mean? So that's very important. Um, but that's why, that's why I'm relating like getting hit in the face because that's really a wake up call when you actually get hit in the face, bro. Like, and that's why people say sometimes like when people are talking shit, 
people are like, yo, he he acting like that because he never been clocked before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It really makes you a different person. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, it seems like that was kind of a good thing in the long run, right? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, yeah. And, and it, it teaches you another lesson of um, not being able to trust people or not trusting everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, th that's a great point about being offensive. I, I think too many times we're waiting for things to get better. Oh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. No, yeah. you you got to make it happen. You know, I, I, I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I like the term, you know, when people say, oh, you're lucky. Well, I, and I come to think about, well, that's when luck. Well, luck is just when opportunity and preparation come together. You know, and and those opportunities are not going to be waiting around for you. Hey, Walter, are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'll wait here. I'll wait here all, you know, as long as you no, need me to. Nobody waiting. <laughs> and, and it's so true, you know, like everybody's hoping for, yeah, some sort of success. Are you hoping or are you actually doing something about it? Right. And it's frustrating to hear like, oh, I hope things get better. Yeah. If you're hoping you're you're. Essentially, what you said earlier was like you're waiting on things outside of your control. Yeah. You know, oh, I hope this hurricane doesn't come. Well, the solution is like, well, I need I need to be prepared. I have enough food and water. The home is secured. Right. I, I, I just it's just so frustrating to hear. Oh, I hope this. And yeah. uh, I know for me. And that's why I ventured off on my own. I was I was surrounded with people who were hoping for things to happen. You know, I remember uh, the where I used to offer my services. Everybody's like go to saying was like, I hope we survive. And I'm like, are you guys for real? Yeah. Like I, I was dumbfounded. I'm like, oh, but that makes sense. That's why you're living the life that you're living. You're you're just hoping to survive. Yeah. I'm, I'm striving to thrive. And for yeah. me to do that, I need to be around away from you. I need to be around other people that are driven, ambitious and and take accountability for themselves, you know, and, and I just lo love that term. You know, you got to be offensive. You got to make it happen now. And, and you know, the, the company Instacart. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of months ago the founder just made $1.1 billion because it went uh, public. And when he went to go get money to get funded, you know, um, they told him, hey, you missed your opportunity for getting funding for this round. And, you know, he tried to convince them. I think he, he came to the, the venture capitalist or the person who was funding them with, uh, he delivered uh, a six pack of beer. He's like, hey, you know, can I get money now? And the, the venture capitalist said, I was so impressed by his willingness to not take no for an answer. And he was already making it happen. So he wasn't the first guy to have the idea of delivering food directly oh, to your home. I used to do that, that, like from directly from the grocery store themselves. Oh, how'd you do that? Like you set up flyers? 
no 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 oh no i wasn't i wasn't working there but i would order my groceries from the actual grocery store oh they would, gotcha they would deliver it to my to my crib this was 2013. yeah yeah and, years uh, ago. <laughs> and you see the value of that right of like oh, that yeah. saves you time from not having okay. to do that but you yeah. know what's interesting is um so that person who founded Instacart, I can't remember the person's name, but he wasn't the first one with the idea. Uh, everybody else who wanted to do that business was waiting for money. They were waiting for I don't know how many millions of dollars before they would do this. Well, before he even got funding, he already hired two other people on Craigslist to start delivering. And that, that person who funded them says, I was so impressed because he didn't wait for things to happen. He made it happen. Yeah. That's what you got to do, bro. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it just emphasizes what you said is like, you got to be on the offensive and sometimes you do need to get punched in the nose. Right. Mm -hmm. It's your wake up call that gets you sparring again, you know, just taking your jabs at life again, bro. Yeah, you know, and, and I know like growing up, uh, especially like a, a, as a as a male, right, as a young boy becoming a man, you're you're always judged on on your manliness. Right. You know, usually your peers are like, oh, you got punked or what you going to do about it. And and sometimes it's OK to just regroup and say, hey, I don't need your guys's approval, but I'm going to bounce back from this. You know what I mean? Right. Um and uh, sometimes I think we live up to that persona of like, oh, I got to be tough in front of others. But really, you got to be internally resilient, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's just a great point you made about, um, yeah, you get punched in the face, punched in the nose. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, that was crazy. Yeah, but... uh. Uh, I did want to ask, was there, a, in what you're doing now, was there a specific moment when things clicked that you found your rhythm? Like, oh, you know, I, I'm in the flow of, of uh, what, what I was working towards. Mm. Um, I think maybe when um, I started working with um, a few websites, like, I was a photographer for a couple different websites and a magazine at the same time. Um, that's when I was like, damn, like people can actually see your work on a more global scale through this. You know what I mean? Um, that actually pushed me to want to create even more, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I would, I would say like that at that moment, when I saw people were actually interested, you know, that was the moment there. I just had to figure out how to actually monetize it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah put it all together. And, and would you like, uh, would you reach out to local newspapers to sell your, your, your pictures or, or would you reach out to anybody specifically on, you know, selling your product? 
Um, no, not newspapers. Um, so at this time, my product was is was solely like photography, photos, and you know I was focused on automotive photography. So the newspapers they don't do um anything in that realm. So. You know, I grew up looking at car magazines, truck magazines, low riders. Mm. So that's who my pitch would be towards. You know, that's the goal. That was the goal. That was the goal. Once I when I once I picked up the camera and said, "This is what I'm doing," um, <clears throat> that was the goal to get my photography in a magazine. Once I did that, I was like, "Wow!" Like you can you can go even further you know what i mean like so there's no ceiling you know what i'm saying yeah life or what you're doing really you just have to break through the ceiling you know evolve (laughs) yeah so then would you reach out to these magazines like hey man i got some uh photographs i think you might be interested in yeah yeah i'll Honestly, I would lead with um, just wanting to do a feature. You know what I mean? Mm. So, you know, I didn't get yeses all the time. You know, there were no's. So yeah. It wasn't like I reached out to a magazine and um, they just was like, yeah, let me try you out. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I had I had work that was backing up my current work. You know what I'm saying? Mm. My portfolio, so to speak, they can they can go back and see how creative or artistic my photography work was. So once I hit them up, I had something to back it up, and they were interested. They they liked my work. They liked what they were seeing. And this was at the pretty much beginning of like the Instagram era or popularity of it. So, um, you know, by then, before Instagram, I had my websites. I had other displays of, of work, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Once I, once I, once I got in with a magazine that like, that like lit a fire up onto my ass, bro. Like, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. But I just kept, um, like I said, evolving. From from that point, this can't be it. Like you know, yeah, something got to be something more. Like what's the next step? You 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 got in with with some magazines. You know some of these people. Like what else can you do now? You know, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because uh, you move from place to place, right? Seattle, Japan. Now you're in Spain, and. Uh, it's kind of frustrating when you're not around other like-minded people who want better. Right. Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, I've already, I I realized that it's one of those things about control too. You know, I realized that everybody can't be like a CEO or, you know, a manager or, you know what I mean? But it comes down to what that person wants. I can't make you want something like a better life, you know? Yeah. 
I can only show you a couple ways to do some things or what what I like to do personally. Um, I like to show people um, things about themselves that they probably don't see. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. that I know can be monetized. That's what I like to do. I, I like to have those conversations with people like I have a friend in Japan that is like an amazing singer amazing bro but she's never recorded uh, to my knowledge anyway she's never recorded actual song you know what i mean put it out there i'm like yo so many people are missing out like you yeah. know and and they want to hear um you know voices like hers mm. so, you know i try to encourage her and show her these things like yo you, you can sing real you can do it like you need yeah. to put out so that's just an example of how you know i would point out to someone like things about themselves that they're not thinking like you can make money from this yeah yeah you love you'll do this for free why don't yeah. you do bread like you know what i'm saying You're... what do you think is like the hold up uh preventing some people from seeing what you're seeing or, or believing that they, they can do it or, or whatever it might be? Um, I think they are missing um, step number one, which is having a goal, you know, comes back to what I said at the beginning. Like I always had a goal and I'm still working towards that specific goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But people don't have a goal. They don't set up goals in their life. We're just living day to day. Like, let's just see what happens tomorrow. Like, I've never lived my life like that. I can't think back. And I always had like a plan. I like to plan. Like, yeah. I plan out my 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 uh, years, bro. You know, I tell myself by 2026, I'm gonna have this done. I'm gonna do this. And you know, I would I actually be surprised at how much actually gets done that way. You know, I I have I have moments in my life where I'm like, Shane, what? Why are you mad? Like, you planned for this. Like, you you actually planned this out. You got exactly what you wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, just roll with the headaches. Roll through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's just a lot of just self realizations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, and I like how you talk about goals. You know, uh, I talk about them quite a bit, and most people are like, you know, look at me like, you know, but and how you mentioned where people are. Let's see how today plays out. Yeah. You know, the way I see that, that's basically living to survive, you know, that um, if if you don't have a plan for your life, somebody else will. And guess oh. what? They don't have the best interest. They don't have your best interest in mind. Right. I was going to say something to the effect of what you just said, man. Like, it's true, bro. Like, if, if you're if you're just waiting for something to happen, that means somebody's going to take advantage of you in some way, you know, or you're going to miraculously miraculously come up on somebody that's going to be willing to guide you in the right direction. But uh, I don't know. I think most of the times 
the next person is benefiting off of us. Yeah. And, and most people, I don't know, they, they seem like they don't want to hear this or whatever it might be, but just simply writing down your goals increases your chance of, of attaining them by 42%, you know, oh. and, and if you have a weekly plan and you share it with somebody as an accountability thing, you're even, you're 70% more likely to attain it. You know, there's, there's so many things. And, and I think, I don't know if it's the instant gratification deal where people want it right now. Um, but it's a long journey. You, sure. you, you know, I continuously talk about, I'm amazed at what Walt Disney and his team did, you know, like uh, for him to get rejected 102 times, by bankers and financers before he got funding for his parks. Yeah. You know, most people are not willing to endure that. And like, like what you said, you, you got to have a goal, a, a vision of what you're striving for. And if you, if you're don't know what that is, you better take the time to do it. Right. It, it's, it's understandable to say right now, I don't know yet, but you got to figure that out. Right. Yeah. You can't be an adult right now and not actually know what you want. That that's, you know, people. A lot of people just moving around aimlessly. Never gonna be happy that way. <laughs> you know, yeah. unless unless your nine to five is paying you that much money and you're doing whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but but even after you know after so much make, making so much money, there there comes a time where we ask ourselves like. Is this fulfilling? What am I doing with my life? Yeah. You, you know, like there's this one guy I met. He runs a a local uh, uh, fish store. You know, he, he supplies uh, fish. And yeah. he had uh, an employee who was a, an investment banker in Chicago. And he got sick of looking at his, his spreadsheets and just being on the computer all day. And now he's out on the boat you know, uh, catching fish. And, and uh, I was like, wow, that's very admirable. That guy is willing to take the chance of that nice, big, secure, stable job Facts. to find something that's fulfilling. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and it's very admirable. You know, you, you've taken your path uh, and, 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 you know, do what works for you for sure man um i just at some point i just had to take the leap man just had to do it yeah so tell us what message do you want to leave people with i'm pretty sure you probably already talked about it but what what's what's the one thing or or few things honestly yeah i i would say you know we really have to figure out what we want to do in life. Um, you know, we can't afford to just be working for just any old body, like, you know, give it, giving people our time for free. You know what I mean? Because essentially the what we're getting paid is, is next to free. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of time you're wasting. Um, so for me, I spent a lot of my time at these nine to fives, but I always chose a job 
that I was going to be learning something from and taking that with me. You know what I mean? Another thing is that I never stopped looking for a job, even when I got the job of my dreams and I was making so much money. And you know what I mean? I was happy with this amount that I wanted. I would, as soon as I got the job, I'm looking for another one. I'm already, I'm already looking for another job. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't that's not a that's not a good thing if you plan on actually having a career. I've never tried to have a career. Yeah. You know? So if if you're trying to have a career, that advice is not for you. You know, but I've always had a job where I was trying to take what I learned here somewhere else and use that also in my own business. You know what I mean? So that could your nine to five could work out if it has something to do with what you actually want to do in the future when you can actually do it on your own. You know what I mean? But yeah. now we live in an age where you don't really have to look that far into the future um, to get the thing, you know, to get to where you want to be. You know what I mean? We have yeah. some people doing it like through e-commerce and you know what I mean? Just creating things that they're passionate about and putting it on social media. It's as easy as that now. You know, you don't you don't have to really like um, you know, how how were people how were people doing these things back in the days? Like you had to really like advertise in newspapers and magazines. We we can just put something out today and it's in front of the whole world. If you if you can market it properly, make it attractive and make it cool. You know what yeah. I mean? It'd be cool, bro. Yeah. People want people want to spend money on cool stuff, not boring stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's easier. It's easier now to get where we want to be. We just have to know what we want, learn the methods, stay on task. You know what I mean? All this other BS that's going on around us, we gotta tune it out. We gotta tune it out. We can't give our energy to things that don't benefit us in the long run. As far as like business and finances is concerned, um, just getting where you want to be. Um, you know, maybe some people's problem is purely financial. Then you know, um, I say you have to focus on debt. Focus on debt. Get rid of your debt first be adamant about not accruing any more debt you know what i mean and, yeah. and start there sometimes that's a good start for you know once you have once you you have an abundance of money just from not having debt you're in the positive your life is already in the positive you're gonna have a positive outlook on on life that way i i feel you know what i mean so maybe that's one way for for someone to find what they love or what they need to do is get get uh untie yourself from the debt that's weighing you down in life that's making you have a negative outlook on life to begin with you're having to work to pay off this debt you're working a job you don't even like to pay this shit off you yeah know I mean? nah so that could be something that's tying down people too that's stopping people from having a positive outlook and doing the things that make them happy you know what i'm saying that's yeah. why i do that's why i do the job that I do for myself, my my company, you know what I'm saying, is because I it makes me happy. When I take a picture, when somebody hires me to do a video or photography, 
I'm, I'm capturing moments for people. That makes me happy when I see their reaction, when I get their reaction to what I've created for them, what they hired me to do. That makes that I get high off of that. I get I get super high off that. I'm like, it, it that is worth more than the money that they gave me. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. becomes a big thing to me. So I have to do it over and over and over again. I'm just getting paid for it. You know what I mean? These people want to give me money for this stuff. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That that's uh, a great way to look at it. And uh, yeah, those are powerful words to live by, man. Yeah. Yeah. But Shane, thanks so much for joining us and, you know, sharing your wisdom and knowledge and your experience uh, for us and all the listeners. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to to speak to us. Of course, bro. No problem. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope all you listeners enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource to help you build the right mindset so you can live empowered. And Shane, you want to give a shout out uh, about your business? Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's um, at the.hntr. Um, my website is hntr.supply, S-U-P-P-L-Y. Um, you can see my, my portfolio up there. That's my gallery and, um, where I sell my merch or whatever products I have out. Um, I have a YouTube as well as it's, um, Hunter shoots. So H N T R shoots S H O O T S. Um, yeah, I, I upload, you know, whatever videos I am allowed to, to upload on there gets uploaded, but there's a lot of video work that I have out there that that's unable to be uploaded on there because it's it's for a client, you know. So, gotcha. I'm I'm actually coming up on that time frame where it's been long enough to where I can release some. So I'm gonna be starting to release some some videos that I've done for clients that nobody's been able to see before. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's it. Yeah. For my socials and my handles and stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Shane, for everything, man. Uh, we'll have you back soon whenever you want, man. Oh, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. All right.